The entrance of God's word gives light and understanding to the simple. Be yielded and open your hearts to the light of God's word through his servants, Pastor Chintok Ishaku. God bless you. from the depth of our hearts open our eyes tonight that we might behold wondrous things wondrous things <laughs> wondrous things out of your law blessed be your name blessed be your name could you just worship him in the spirit for a beat it's for a little one just worship him in the spirit Pour out your heart to him. The time is not too long. Glorify, 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 glorify. Talk to him. Glorify, glorify your name. Glorify, glorify. Glorify, 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 glorify your name. <laughs> glorify, 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 glorify your name. Glorify.
we ask that you glorify your name here. Be exalted in our midst. Hallelujah. Please take your seats if you can. So I'm glad that you're strong. I'm glad that the word of God abides in you. I'm glad that you overcome you have overcome the evil one. Yeah. I'm glad that you now know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I'm glad that you're basking in the eternal river of God. Amen. I said amen. You're beginning to know what the eternal river is, or who the eternal river is. Because by the time you get to Revelation chapter 21 and 22, you will almost think that there were only two members of the Godhead remaining. But one was flowing from the throne as a crystal river. He was still there. That is the reason why in the very beginning, the first place you find him is brooding upon the waters. Oh, you need to get it. And that's the power that will flood the earth. So you'll hear until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord takes over the earth like the Yes, the Holy Ghost. It's Him. When Scripture speaks about the waters, it's Him. See, we're actually talking about the God-man. Because we have to talk about the God-man as He interfaces with the river. Are you following me? What his responsibilities are. For those of you who were not here when I started this teaching, forgive me, but I'm going to make progress. Today I'm not turning back. No, no turning back. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. I, I'm excited that you've had some three, four services where you could just drink in the river. 
Every service had that element. The Tuesday service closed with strong prayer. Abi, is that not how we close the service? Yeah. So that you know us here. And we prayed. Why did we pray? We prayed because we were tired. Abi. That we had heard too much to be where we are. It's girl 47. Let's, let's do some quick reminders. We're going to read this girl 47. Then we'll go to Revelation 21 and 22. Then, which other scripture do we read that day? Psalm 46. Yeah. Is it 46 or 26? 46. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, we'll just touch those scriptures. Because today, I intend to go to Psalm 24. Who shall ascend? Uh-huh. Ooh, glory. We read Genesis chapter 2 too. So let's see if we can read all of those scriptures tonight. Afterward, Ezekiel 47 from verse 1. Afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the front, for the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar then brought he me out of the way of the gate not word and he led me about the way without unto the altar gate by the way that looked eastward and behold there ran out waters on the right side and when the man that had the line in his heart went forth eastward he measured a thousand cubits he brought me through the waters the waters were where uh-huh then he measured what again and brought me what and then the waters was to the knee and then he brought me a thousand cubits eastward a thousand cubits and measured the waters again and the waters were to the loins uh-huh. and he measured and then what it was a river doing what that you could not pass over. So hold on. Please look at me. We need to get that illustration properly, alright? That the temple was not east, west. So, house of Judah. That's where the temple was. Don't forget, we're still going to Genesis chapter 2. That a river left Eden and was that? Now, in Revelation, Ezekiel 47, you find out that the river was not living Eden, it was living the temple. Please follow me. The man said, the door from which the water came out was eastward. Alright? So, the man who was with me took me far off. Turned me to face Is that the story of your Bible? Read it again. Please somebody read it for me. Afterward, uh-huh. Sorry, hold on. This is the house. Okay, let Oiza, come on. Come on, use the microphone. Okay? Leave your Bible. 
Let her read. Watch. This is the house. Afterwards, afterwards, he brought me again onto the house, onto the door of the house. Um, who should I bring? Who should I bring? Who should I bring? Joel, come, come. Afterward, he brought me again to the door of the house. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold. I saw under the threshold waters issuing out. Okay. Of the, of the house eastward. It was issuing out eastward. So it was coming from the east door. Okay. Okay, two of you stand up. I need the picture to be vivid enough. So that you'll understand that it's not the farther you go away from God, it's the closer you come to God. That's my point. You need to read it. Are you following me? Are you following me? For the forefront of the house stood toward the heat. So, the forefront, the door, was looking towards the east. And from the threshold, water came out, then came out from from the door, right? Go ahead. And, And the waters came down from under, from the right side of the house. So, it came out from under, from the side of the house. Okay, go ahead. At the south side of the altar. At the south, south side of the altar. Then brought him me Wait, out. wait. Now, he was describing for you where the, re- the water came out from. Not the door that it came through. That the water came out from the south side of the altar. Now, if we had to study that, we will have to go to the temple, the building, the, the... I will lay that for you as a foundation so that you can go back to your Bible and study the altar. Please leave it. I, I'm going to treat it as we advance, not today. Alright? Read on. Then brought him me out of the way of he, the gate. He brought me word. out of the way of the gate. Not word. Not word, alright? And led me about the way without unto the altar gate uh-huh. by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right Wait. side. He brought me out from the north door, all right? And then walked me all the way. But then by the time we finished, I was looking towards the door that faced eastward. Any problem? Go ahead. Go ahead, ma'am. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. Uh-huh. And when he, when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward. When he went forth eastward, yeah? He measured a thousand cubits. So when he went towards the east, he measured a thousand cubits. Uh-huh. And he brought me through the waters. Then he brought me to the place in measurement, a thousand cubits, yeah? The waters were to the ankle. It was to my ankle. And again, he measured a thousand. Then he took another thousand and brought me through the then water. Then he was the one who lifted me from there and brought me here. And so, wa- so hold on. Yeah. You will notice that there was a man with me and his assignment was to measure and bring me. Bring me. Have you noticed? Now, you need to understand that part of the assignments that the presence of God does with you is to see when you qualify to enter into the deeper things of God. Are you following me? Yes, sir. So, as you advance, and we said that the only currency with which you trade in the spirit, according to Isaiah chapter 55, is what? Hunger and thirst. 
that as your desire rises, God sees your desire. Listen, the Bible didn't say God rewards them that seek him. The Bible says God rewards them that. That means that the adjective diligent. Have we? No adjective in our column. For English. The adjective diligent is very important to God. Did you notice that God is not just looking for those who seek him. He's almost always looking for, he qualifies the kind of search. He said, if you seek me, you will find me. When? He seems to always qualify the kind of search that permits you to enter deeper. You need to know that there's a presence with you. And the function of that presence is to see when you are ready for So if there's anything you must not lose as you walk with God, is that you must not lose hunger and thirst. I, I said when we were teaching the Beatitudes some years ago, I said to you that the evidence that it was God who filled you is that as soon as he's done filling you, you're hungry again. That the infilling of God never ends with you filling yourself. Are you following me? He lives a perpetual hunger and thirst. If we ask you, you will know you were filled from the last desire. But then you will know that there's much more in God. That actually, every answer that comes from God also comes with a depth of the revelation of what you have not yet found. Ah. Do you understand it? And what you have not yet found seems to look bigger than what you have found. So that you can be motivated to pursue but the beauty of it is this actually what happened to you that you are seeing that what you have not yet found is bigger than what you have found is that your capacity has enlarged so God can woo you with more ah. you understand? there was a point where going to church you needed a motivation somebody needed to convince you there had to be something special Abby? Yes, sir. For some of you, it was even once in a month. Love feast. God bless you. It is love feast. Ah, the day we did love feast after that program. <laughs> That's the highest attendance for the meeting. Ah. Like people believe in also. Or is it that there are people in the city that follow from love feast to love feast? <laughs> are you? Is somebody following me? There needs to be a motivation. For some of you, any small thing, the day the sun is too hot, you won't come out. If it is drizzly, one drop for two kilometers, you won't come out. <laughs> when it's too hot, you don't come out. It's too cold, you don't come out. When the, when the temperature is too moderate, you don't come out. When do you come out? When cold and hot mix. Now when you walk small, wind will blow you. Then you walk small, sun will hit you. You say, yeah, this is the kind of weather I go to church. Are you following me? And God was bearing with you at that level. Then one day you came for a service and a word hit you. Is, is anybody following me? Then you thought, Kai, I need to follow God a little more than I've been doing before. Then you now thought, okay, I will, I'll be regular now every Sunday. Every Sunday. 
As I said every Sunday, once every two Sundays that you come. Then the next Sunday, you now remember that you have a test on Wednesday. And the course is always bulky. Don't you think so? And you need from Sunday morning to jack the course. But in the evening, you are going to watch six hours film. I'm talking to you. Because even this exam, people disappeared from church. I came one evening and Sunday, ah, did we come for choir rehearsal or something? Even as I do that, the rehearsal was fuller than. Sorry, can we go on? But a point comes when you are the one who is in church Tuesday, Thursday. Then a point now comes that you are sitting and thinking, why is there no church today? Then a point now comes where you tell yourself, even if there's no church, I'll create church in my house. Then a point now comes where the presence of God is even no longer about a church. That you are too excited at the gathering of believers because you have been in that presence all day long. Uh Then I saw a point hits when all day long is not enough. Then you are thinking, when will eternity come? Because you now start to think that there is some satisfaction that God will give in eternity that time has not brought yet. <laughs> Are you following me? Please read on. Oh, is that? And again, he measured a thousand. One more thousand. And, he br- and brought me through the waters. He brought me to the waters. Or through the waters. The waters were to the knees. They were to my knees. Again, he measured a thousand. One thousand. And brought me through the. Brought me through the, the waters. waters. We to the, the waters were to the loins. They were to my loins. Afterwards. Afterwards. He, he measured a thousand. When he measured a thousand. And it was a river. It was. It had become a river. That I could not pass over. I couldn't pass over it. That means the river overwhelmed me. For the waters were risen. They were. They were risen. They what? were too high. Waters to swim in. There were waters to swim in. A water that could not be passed over. Oh my God. That means at that point, you are no longer making advancements in God. It is the spirit that is carrying you. Okay. Is, are, you, are you following me? Yes, sir. That there's such a reality. That Modupe, there, there's a place where you are saying, Lord, show me more. Lord, take me there. Lord. But then there's a point you get to in your walk with God. Why you just stop and you know at this point it's not Lord take me. It is the spirit has taken me. It is what he desires that I do. At that point everything that is human about you starts to interface with what is divine. It is at that point that Jesus will say ask of me whatever you will. The reason is because even your will and your desire has been taken over by the spirit so that what you desire is what he desires. So you can say of a shorty it is God who is at work in me but willing and do see see i am saying that as you advance in your work with the spirit there's a point where you lose natural desires and that every desire that rises from within you is of god people have asked me questions like how can i always be led of the spirit forgive me i'm going to go a little I'm going to say a few gory things. Speaking to the minister of the gospel. And we're talking about sex. Both of us were married too. He's out of the country. He doesn't, he doesn't live in Nigeria. As I told him. I said there's such a thing as being led of the spirit in sex. 
I said, and I'm learning it. And he said, no, 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 no. Some of you are getting too spiritual. So this is a, they are, no, they are, they are too spiritual for me. He said, don't say this near women, no. That if you say this near women, women will use it against you. That because when you are demanding, the woman will tell you that the spirit is not... Sorry. Let me leave that subject. People are already sweating. And they are not the ones preaching. You know. Just look at me. People are just sweating. Suddenly, Janet has bought hijab. She wants to cover her face. Oibo. Good evening, ma. How are you? Are you following me? I said, are you following me? I said, no. It's a leading of the spirit. There's a leading of the spirit. You will know when the time is right. And that comes by the spirit. Then he said, no, the Bible says you should not deny each other. I say, yes. Nobody is saying you should. Nobody has broken the scriptures yet. I said, but if both of you walk in the spirit, I said, that's why it it does you much good when even your wife is walking in the spirit. One of your first assignments as a guy is teach the lady to walk in the spirit. You get too many things right because Ephesians chapter 4 will say there is one spirit. Do you understand? So, as the Holy Spirit is inspiring it in your heart, Aramon, because he has the same kind of work with him, he will inspire the same in her. So, you both return home desirous of each other. You guys, hurry up and marry. Let me teach you certain things. Leave it. TV, what are you waiting for? Because they are come. Somebody give me a bowl of salt. I'm doing salt covenant here now. Are you still here? I said, are you still here? When you say, people think that. You see, I told you, Mama, one of the problems you have had is that people have segmented their lives. This is my spiritual life. That's my academic life. This one is my social life. This one is my library life. <laughs> so people have eating life, school life, home life, resting life, love life, hating life. I'm sorry. Sleeping life, God forbid. Are you, are you following me? We segment our lives. And so that's when that's when you hear people say, No, time balance up your life. Oh. No, there's nothing in your life to balance up. Your life is balanced. Are, are you following me? Are you following me? Sitting in this service, I can show you that every part of your life is here. By the reason of this service, even your academics cannot be the same. Your your ability to retain increases because you are staying in God's presence. So how can you separate this from your academic life? Social life. Are we stick? One finish service. What do you see walking around? Poles? Is it not human beings? Haven't you noticed that because you spend time a lot in church, gradually, almost everything and everybody in your life is a church person. And don't you know that you choose your company according to your vision? 
Who else do you want to company with? Our robbers. I want to company with witches. So I can be asking them, do you know, how are they flying? Then they explain it to you, explain it to you. You just say, I can't understand. So I'll become small and enter granite pit. They say, no, you don't have to become small. The gran- so the, then you'll be asking, will the granite pit become big? Then they'll tell you, spirituality is mysterious. They say, hey, that's why I want to understand it. Are you still here? Yes, sir. Is anybody learning it? Are you hearing this? Are you hearing the scripture? Is it getting clear? Yes. So, but the, the, the more I approached the door, what, what happened to me? The higher the, the course of the waters. Are you following me? So, the farther away I am from the source of the river, the more shallow it is. Uh, yes, sir. Are you following me? Yes, sir. I said, are you following me? Yes, sir. So, one of the ways to measure how close to God I am is how much the spirit leads me. Oh. I, I read a scripture today. Let me show you. You know, I'll tell you about veils. I'll tell you about veils, Abi. First John chapter 2. Let me show you something there. We'll come back to Ezekiel 47. Oh God, I'm glad I'm here. And I believe I'll be here on Sunday. Ah. I was not supposed to be here actually. But alas, Are you here? My little children, these things I write unto you that you see not. You have heard this scripture over and again. And if any man seen, what happens? We have an advocate with the Father. Who is the advocate? Jesus Christ, the righteous. Come on, are you with a Bible? I'm not hearing you. Did you see the word if there? You know I cannot read that scripture and not show you. That sin is not compulsory. It's a choice. Because the Bible didn't say when. What did the Bible say? If. Come on, what did the Bible say? If. That means God expects you to stand. By the supply of grace, God expects you to stand every time. But when you hear if, it's actually an opening of mercy. Every time you come to the throne of grace, you must find those two elements. It's always like that. Every gospel that does not open the two. Verse 2, please. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for us only, but also what? For the whole world. So Jesus is not only the propitiation for our sins as righteous men, but he has enough space for the whole world. So if any man believes in him, he will not perish. John 3.16 For if anyone, anyone includes Khan in India, are you following me? And Abdul Aziz in Borno. Now, read verse 3. Can you read it out loud? One, two, three, go. Uh-huh. Hold it. How do we know that we know him? How do we know that we know him? So, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When you read that kind of scripture, what comes alive to your mind? Let me better keep his commandment so that I can so that I know him. But that's not it, Joel. 
The Bible says this is what you use to test how much of the knowledge of God you have. Your ability to do what? So, if you find yourself breaking commandments, what should you do? What should you do? Seek to know him more. It's not seek to check how many hours in between you break the commandment. Say, ah, the last time I broke this commandment was six hours. This time, let me try nine hours. You see, the real problem is that we're focusing on the commandment. What are we supposed to focus on? What are we supposed to focus on? Knowing him. Knowing him. So, if at ankle level, my focus is the one who is at the door. There are certain things I might not be getting right. But that I desire the one at the door. I know that in no time, movement will be made. And then I'll now be knee deep. At least at this point, if I do like this, I'll touch water. At least at this point, if I do like this, I will. I can stir up the workings of the spirit. At least I can bath. Abi? And then I discover that I know there are still parts of me that are dry. That it takes a lot of effort for me to get some water. But what I should not do is not increase my effort. What I should do is focus a little more. If I focus a little more, he'll drive me further. And then I'll be lying deep. When he takes me lying deep, it will dawn on me that I now know him better than when I was needy. Now I know that if I can just squat a little, I will almost be overwhelmed. If I can just sit, I will almost be overwhelmed. You know, but then one day I'll get up and I'll be sick of doing something to have the spirit move me. That's the reason why. Your greatest treasure in working with the Holy Ghost is desire. If you don't learn to desire Him more, some people are, let me tell you, one of the things that killed Christianity in Nigeria was that we had a Sunday, Sunday registration. We wanted everybody to know we were Christians. So we found out what our traditional church was according to our tribe. I can call your tribe so NKST. TV people, Catholic, Ibo and Idoma. Eh? Even Delta people. Actually, waiting separate. Let me breathe separate on the from Asaba. <laughs> are, you, are you following me? Is anybody with me? So you found a traditional church. That's the reason why you find that people can fight and die for their church, but they cannot die for Jesus. The motivation is totally wrong. People sit in church looking for position. We are supposed to gather every time looking for God. Blessed. If we become that kind of people, no pastor will sit there in the night. If you have hungry members, you man know that the only way you can keep your job is to bring food home. Many of you, how did you end up here? Tell the truth. If you had a choice, in fact, many of you, if your parents had choices, will you be in this church? What kept you? Some of you didn't even know you were hungry. 
You didn't know. You just escorted somebody to church. It was when you heard the word that you now discovered that actually, you know, poverty is a bad thing. You know, we go to those boys that are suffering kwashoko. Even then, they used to compare what you eat in your house. Then I'll say, I ate okra. This I'll say, kerkesi. They say, okra is better than kerkesi. We are richer than you. Both of them are kwashoko. Because all they eat in their house is two and me and Kuka. Imagine, three boys will meet. Then they will say, what do you eat? They say, I ate dry kubewa. That's dry okra. Then this I'll say, I ate Kuka. Then the last one will say, I ate kerkesi. Then their sister will say, me and Hanu. No, there's one that he doesn't have name. They call him Mian. That's hand soup. That soup, if you hold a part of it, the entire soup will follow you. You don't know that soup that you have to use knife to cut it. This will grow up in Jareo. I said there's a soup, Shiba. Shiba, do you know the soup? La. There's a soup. If you hold the soup like this, the whole soup will follow you. Dad, do you know the soup? Hey, hey. At least there's one person in church that knows it. Why you make me look like a liar? Amos, tell me you don't know that soup. Allah, Amos, if you don't know that soup, I changed my mind. Me too, I don't know it. Amos, do you know? Hey, hey. <laughs> Can you not know me, Anu? Oko, that's your business. That's how you call it in your village. Where I come from, we call it me, Anu. You cannot attempt to turn that soup inside plate from pot. Everything will follow you. So as you are fetching the soup, the style is that you are using the edge of the spoon to be cutting the soup. Ah, soup. Then four people will meet. They'll now be competing. What did I eat? Jonathan, there's no problem in that village until you come and you mention rice. No, do you understand what I'm saying? Then the boys will now discover that they were not feeding well. That's how many people came to church. No, let's be truthful to ourselves. Is that not how we came? When we arrived, then we discovered that there was so much more in God, people didn't tell us. Somebody asked me last Friday when I was, I was ministering just there was a superstar there. He was looking at me like this. He couldn't believe that human beings still command that kind of power. Hey. Ask Pastor A. They saw him. They were even the ones that were telling me after this service. He was like this. Every word I said, he followed me with his eye, his nose, and his mouth. from that meeting, I told them, I said, guys, God has blessed us so. We don't even know the quality of stuff that we've been eating. You know, we think it is normal. Until we go and see people sitting down to a mere hand. And they are the champions where they are coming from. And I say it with all sense of humility. See, follow God. Though. Somebody was asking me after the meeting. Somebody came and met me after the meeting and said, Sir, I want to be your friend. He said, Because there was something we were pursuing in God before, before we saw money. 
said it all. He said with some money we got distracted. So if we see anybody who has attained that thing that we were pursuing, we know him. He said I want to refocus. And I believe if I become your friend, I will. Do you understand? But somebody, then they were asking me, that how do I do it? I said I don't do it. I just do in public what my life is. I know, you think if I stand on stage, I'm thinking out of form. I got up there that night and the first thing I was doing was singing Eternally you are beautiful Eternally you are glorious Eternally Eternally you are God Eternally say Eternally you are glorious Say Eternally and presence of God broke out. Now, that's not a common song. So to sing a song like that and have the presence of God break out, it must come with power. It's easier to have power singing for, for your name is holy because everybody knows it. And because they have experienced a song in worship, even if it's not moving them from within, that they know the song, they will sing it with you. You think we don't know? We know. That's how you test whether you, have, you truly have Ororo. Caleb, it's not when you are singing the song that everybody knows. Anybody can follow the reigning worship song. Do you understand? It's like anywhere you stand and sing Freke's song, you are my God. People have known it. And everybody knows it as a worship song. So before you say anything, Oh, you are singing Sonny Badu's Baba Oh Oh Baba contagious so sometimes to test the calling draw out something that they have not heard it's important then you find out that in no time you'll be the one that will enter a meeting Paul then you will hear a song you wrote in your secret it's also becoming commonplace but you know where we die as musicians I'll tell you where we die we sit on the common songs until we die. That's what we die. Because there's more where that came from. And so if you continue with a consistent attitude of staying with God, new songs will come out. Are you following me? Uh, are you angry? 
I said, are you following me? And it goes for every field though. Don't think we are just talking about musicians. It happens in every field. You see, if you are a scientist, one invention can feed your family for the rest of your life. Especially if your invention is a scientific breakthrough. It can feed your family for the rest of your life. But that's where even the scientist dies. He sits down there and they say he's the one who made ibuprofen and he's greeted everybody. John, huh? 30 years later, they have moved from ibuprofen. They have discovered newer things. And then you are still going to a place and you are expecting people to honor you for ibuprofen. It's like telling people that you want to give them aspirin for headache now. We were drinking aspirin and getting relieved. But getting also. But time has passed. So aspirin has metamorphosed into paracetamol. Or at least a new brand has come out that is paracetamol. Which is more friendly to your system. Chloroquine. We used to believe that the sign that you were recovering was that you were scratching your body. Is there like, why are you laughing at me? That's the way you know the malaria is going. So we used to believe that it's the, the drug is eating the malaria. My mother will tell you, ah, he has started scratching. He will soon be whole. You understand? Until now, they came out with a terminal lumefatine. Abi, is that doctor? Is that what you call? Some people will look at me like, hey, city, what's that? Carry that la pharmacy. Leave us at this small junction. You want to take us? Is anybody still here? I'm saying that there are deeper waters. Is anybody hearing me? What you manufacture at ankle level, don't celebrate it. Desire more. By the time you enter the overflowing waters, whatever you born out of there is eternal. To last forever. Believe me. We are coming up. I really wanted us to study tonight. But is anybody getting blessed? I said whatever you manufacture out of the overflowing river is eternal. Because you see, at the point of overflow, Sandra, there is nothing fleshly that is seen. I hope you heard me. If I am ankle deep, I fellowship with spirit, but there is still plenty flesh. Do you understand? So I want to harmonize flesh and spirit. But as I advance, there is a little more spirit now. But there's still plenty flesh. Are you following me? As I advance, it's half spirit, half flesh. I find a way to mix it. When I want to manifest spirit, I can fetch the waters and pour. But when I'm done pouring the waters, you still see what is me. But when I take the final step and the waters overflow me, everything about it is pure spirit. point, even my expressions will bless you. At that point, I'll be teaching Pastor T, and I will pass and my hand will touch you, and you will know something changed. 
Thus you will know that I'm not trying to create a, a, a style for myself with the gospel. You will know that I'm finding the deepest of expressions to bring out what God has put inside of me. And even my expressions will bless you. Have you not sat down, Arume, to think about the word and what you saw was the action with which we did it? Scripture not stayed with you because we carried a Joel and kept him here and put an ice and Margaret standing here and you remember that I was reading. The scriptures just stay. Pure spirit. You need to learn it. But it's something you advance steadily in. Follow me. Oh. Because actually that movement is who shall ascend. Oh. See, I want to take you to Eden and show you that there was a mountain there. And it's called Mount Zion. It's the hill of God. That was where the waters came from. Leave it. Oh. We will we'll touch it. Because you know the water came from Eden to water the garden. Then from the garden it, flew, it flowed to... Yeah, follow me. Just follow me. I told you, my prayers be one. Lord, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things. The Lord God has, has too much wonder. was from there that Lucifer looked and he said, I will ascend. It was from Eden. It was from the garden. He was first in the garden. It's that hill he wanted to ascend. But he wanted to ascend it the wrong way. The only way you ascend that hill is by the river. Don't worry. Travel with me. So you find out that from the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, and the Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the waters. It is his habitation. It is his identity. The waters are his brand. For all eternity, the Holy Ghost is liquid God. And everything that comes in contact with him receives the God life. Everything. See, you are the Spirit of God. You are the Spirit of God. I need your touch in my life. Oh, oh. You are the power Holy Ghost, yeah. say you are the presence of God.
Let's establish a few things tonight. Then we'll continue on Sunday. <laughs> Verse 5. The Bible says, Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were reason, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said to me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now, when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river where very many trees on the one side and on the other then said he unto me these waters issue out toward the east country and they go down into the desert and go into the sea which being brought forth into the sea the waters shall be healed that's God's strategy for healing the nations it is the Holy Spirit. But you suddenly discover that as soon as Ezekiel could get under the overflowing river, he began to see things that he did not see before. Because he was at the brink of that river. He had taken a walk in that river. God will not place a demand on him as he regards sight. And especially sight in the accuracy of the things that God is doing until God had caused the river to overflow him. Because you see, like we have studied in Isaiah chapter 40 over and again, God must cause the grass to, to wither and the flower to fade and the only way he does it is because the breath of the Lord. The Ruach of God. The Spirit of God blows over it. And so, the real deep things of God, Debbie, cannot be committed to a man who still mixes flesh and spirit. My real question is, so what are the deep things of God? Because you see, the deep things of God is not the working of miracles. Are you with me? Those are not the deep things of God. Over and again, scripture shows you that people will work miracles and God will not know them. So it's not even a subject to sit down and meditate upon. What are the deep things of God? I don't know. When I think of some of these things, it pains me. Because it tells me that I live in an entire generation of shallow people. What do we celebrate? The manifestations of the hand of God. The small, small deliverances that we are seeing here and there. See, let me tell you the truth. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
What is the kingdom? It is the ability to rule in his stead. How can you rule in his stead? You can only rule in his stead when you have eyes that see, ears that hear, and a mind that understands. What does that mean? It simply means that you are upgraded to thinking the thoughts of God so that you are in sync with the frequency of God and you know what God wants to do now beyond what he has done yesterday. Let me tell you the truth. The deepest of men walking the earth is the person who holds the wheels and the purposes of God in his time within his hands. Go and check the loudest boasts of Jesus. What were his loudest boasts? It was the knowing of the Father and the ability to translate the Father's kingdom and what he desires to the earth. See, I'm getting provoked in my heart. And I'm not getting provoked for you. I'm getting provoked for me. I think that I've dwelt around shallow waters for too long. That I can go deeper. That there are deeper places. That Arome, there's such a place that you can block me at 2.30 in the afternoon. In the front of a Mr. Biggs. I'll be coming out with a letter. And I will tell you the purposes of God for your life. And keep moving. That there's, a, there's such a place in God. Where I'm passing on the street. And God is showing me one girl. At the end of the street. And telling me the things that pertain to her life. And telling me the things I must say to her. Because her time is nine. Now. You see evangelism becomes different. How did Jesus operate? He had some stupendous knowledge. Why was the Holy Spirit given? First Corinthians chapter 2. That we may know the things that are freely given to us by God. Did you see the kind of knowledge Jesus operated? The Bible says, Paul, that they knew the kind of argument that they should not argue near Jesus. So while they were on the road, why did they argue it on the road? Why didn't they sit with him to argue who is the greatest? They knew what his standards were. But they still wanted to feel flesh more. They argued it on the road. And they were coming. And they got home. And Jesus didn't say anything. He didn't say, I heard your argument. The Bible says, he took a little one and brought him into their midst. And he said, you want to know the greatest in the kingdom? is a man who can receive God like this one. Then every one of them now discovered that they had failed. Because what were they likely using as basis? Maybe John and James were saying, we were two in our family that are following Jesus. Anyhow, one of us is the greatest. And Peter will have been telling them, there are places master has taken me that you guys don't know. People want to see my real level. Just wait. Let master release us. Thomas will also have his own. You say, let me tell the truth. Anything Jesus has not proven to anybody, he takes the time to prove it to
to me. So me, I have it broken down. What were the kind of basis you think they were arguing? They might have even been arguing on the basis of how large what you left is. Chow boy, how many boats did your fishing industry have? Then you say, me, I was just starting fishing. So I only had one boat. Then Peter will laugh at him. He laugh. And oh boy, come on. When we're talking about the people who have sacrificed something to follow the master, don't call your name. My fishing industry was booming. I had gone beyond boats. I was beginning to think of buying a ship to export sheep from Jerusalem, fish from Jerusalem to Ethiopia. What were possibly their boasts? But did you notice that there was one thing, Pastor T, that you could not separate from Jesus throughout his ministry? It was that he always knew. Did you notice? He always knew. He answered questions that were not asked. Nicodemus came to your house. He even snuck to come. Because he was a Pharisee. He's supposed to be the one teaching you, small boy. But he had heard this man in the afternoon. And he had also seen the works that he had done. And he knew that he would lose his public face if he came in the daytime. So the guy came in the night and he said to Jesus, we know that you are a teacher sent from God. For no man can do the things that you have done except God be with him. Jesus said, don't waste the time. I know what you want to ask. What was he actually trying to ask? How do you do these things? Did Jesus wait for him to ask? No, but even your Bible said, and Jesus answered. What was he asked? Jesus said, a man cannot even begin to perceive the kingdom of God unless he's born again. There's a new technology of birth. If you don't enter into that dimension of birth, you can't even be, begin to perceive the things that be of God. Then he said, when the water and the spirit overwhelm you then you'll be able to enter you'll become a partaker of those purposes jesus was not talking about working miracles jesus was talking about doing the will of the father and if working miracles was in the will of the father then jesus would do it without doubt and without fear of failure oh Did you see the stupendous confidence in John chapter 7? Father, I thank you because you hear me always. He didn't say when I pray. He said, but I pray this one publicly for their sake. So that they will believe that there is a connection between me and you. Lazarus, come out. What was Jesus saying, Miriam? That he could have as well walked to the front of the grave and said, Lazarus, come out. Uh-uh. Oh, oh no no you didn't hear me what did he say in prayer what he was saying in prayer was that see if not because these people were standing here and if not because i know that you are trying to prove your power to them 
So Jesus knew when God was working miracles to show. But he also knew when God was working miracles to just show his loving kindness to the individual. So he will heal certain people and say, don't mention to anyone. In that, what was he saying, David? He was saying, this one is a revelation of the loving kindness of the Father to you. It is so that you will know that the Father loves you and that he's willing. See, there are sometimes when God wants you to show the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In your royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a chosen generation. That one is a soul. But there are certain things that God will do for you because of you to convince you because your heart needs to be assured that the Father loves you. If you don't know the difference, you will take to the public what the Lord has done for you in secret. And you will keep in secret what the Lord wants you to show forth. What is it a function of bookie? Knowledge. And it comes by the Holy Ghost. That's how it comes. Working with the Spirit, Modupe, I see this is one thing I know. I know that you can never calculate a man of the Spirit. There's something you can tell for sure. The state of a man that will attract God, you tell it. Do you understand? Oh, oh, do you understand? You can tell for sure. That one is totally predictable. You cannot break it. If that standard is not reached, God will not seek you. For the time is coming. And now is. When true worshippers will worship. For such do the Father... So if you ever find the father seeking anybody, what is he doing? So once you find a man who is worshipping in spirit and in truth, you know, you know of a sorty that that man is treasured in the eyes of God and God is soon going to take him. Uh, do you understand? You know that the sacrifices of God are a broken heart and a contrite spirit. He said a broken and a contrite heart, God will not despise. So you see a man entering into brokenness and contriteness, you can tell he's in a position that God wants to see. Isaiah 66. To this man will I look. He that is of a broken heart and of a contrite spirit and he trembles at my word. So if you see a doer of the word of God, because the sign that you tremble at his word is not that you're afraid that God spoke. The sign that you tremble at his word is that every word that comes from God births in you a commensurate action. If we see you working at it, we can tell you are the kind of man that will attack God. That's totally predictable. But once God takes you, what you become is totally unpredictable. Because it is at that point, Oiza, that it is initiated that the wind blows where it lists. You know not where it comes from or where it goes to. That's the same way a man. Somebody say man. That's what is in your Bible. The Bible says, so is a man. 
So the spirit is unpredictable. His movements are unpredictable. You can't sit down today and say, when I healed the blind eyes yesterday, God told me to print it. So I am healing blind, blind eyes today, so let's print it. You will end in error. If, you are, if the work you are working is a work with the spirit, the spirit is not a signboard. He's a companion. Tolu, is it alright if you asked me yesterday, what will you eat? And I said to you, chips and vegetable sauce. Then you woke up tomorrow and you made another chips and vegetable sauce. If I manage to sit down and eat it tomorrow and you woke up next tomorrow and made chips and vegetable sauce, very soon, if you walk outside, you will be saying you know me because if anybody asks you, you'll be telling them that my favorite food is chips But the real problem is that from the first day I told you chips and vegetable sauce, you have not cared to ask if my taste has changed. And I'm not a signpost. Do you understand this? That's how you work with the spirit. So when he gives an instruction yesterday, and you have carried it out. Let me tell you. See, a lot of us die out of presumption. So scripture will say, Keep back thy servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then will I be upright and innocent from the great transgression. So let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. Did you hear? Did you hear that scripture? I, I guess that's Psalm 19, right? Did you hear that scripture? The psalmist said, keep your servant away from the sin of presumption. Mary, you know what presumption is? It is to suppose that you know and be convinced about it enough to argue it, but you were wrong. No. Aha. Uh-huh. That's why you cannot approach the word of God with anything less than meekness. Because what does meekness deal with, Nefort? It deals with your supposition that you actually know what you think you know. What meekness does to you is it makes you willing to learn today, even though you thought you knew it yesterday. Ah. Did anybody hear me? So the Bible will say, keep your servant away from presumptuous sins. That means there's a category of sin called presumptuous sins. Oh God. If you read Psalm 19, it was a psalm totally talking about the word of God. Is that correct? It was talking about the fact that the word of God is more, more precious than gold. It's sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. Then the Bible says it's, it makes wise the simple. It, it's uh, more to be desired than it than gold. Yet than much fine gold. Sweeter than honey. It said it brings joy to the heart. In the word, testimony of the Lord is sure. It brings light to the eyes. The, the statutes of the Lord are right. It, it, they are enduring forever. Do you understand? They make wise the simple. Do you understand what I'm saying? They just keep saying what the 
word of the Lord does to you. But if you check what the word of the Lord does to you, you discover that the Bible says it revives the soul. It makes wise the eyes. It brings light to the eyes. It endures forever. It's righteous altogether. What is it doing? It's getting your heart set. It's showing you that the entrance of the word of God and the workings of it makes your heart conducive. Go home and read it. I don't want to touch it. It was in the heart of it that the psalmist would stop and say, keep your servant away. What is presumptuous sins? So, if you don't permit the word of God entrance, what will have happened to you? You suppose that you know. Excuse me. Is there any Christian that does not know the Bible? No, help me. Some people have not been to church in the last four months. But you are trying to teach them something. They'll be answering you back. Two of us. Some people have not opened their Bibles in the last eight months. But they want to contribute to every talk. Because Christianity for them is a religious identity. They don't want you to talk them down. So you don't see like there's something you know that we don't know. So what kept them away if they know God? Because if you actually know God, it will bring you closer. Ah. Is that not the sign that you know him? The sign that you know him is that you want to know him more. A man is away from church six months. You are quoting scripture, he's answering. Sometimes you are even wondering how does he remember. Because even the one they taught in last service, you are even struggling to remember it. So what's a presumptuous sin? It is keep me away from the supposition that I know. Because what will keep me away from the word of God is the supposition that I'm sufficient. Keep me away from presumptuous sins. He said, let them not rule over me. Let them, that means the sin of presumption is a it's a domineering sin. Do you understand? It rules over you. You live feeling full. That's superfluous. Do you understand what the superfluity of nothingness is? So if you are walking on the road, you are feeling full, but you are actually empty. And you presume you are full. So the Bible says, that way I will be upright and innocent from the great transgression. What's the great transgression? It is a heart that does not respond to God. So he said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. So God needs to supply for you moment by moment what you think. Moment by moment what you know. Moment by moment how you behave in every situation. Do you understand? If you are married and you get children, you will know that each, you are not, you can never gain mastery. Because every child, David, is new, is unique, is a fresh revelation. One cries by 10. The other one cries by 1. The other one's crying time is 3.30 a.m. 
So you think I'm used to children crying in the night. No, you are used to 10 o'clock. When this one cries by 3.30, you will notice that your system that shifted to 3.30 sleep has to now shift back to 10 a.m. sleep. I'll be 10 p.m. sleep. That's how God is, my man. He's a new experience every time. Why do you get bored with services? Do you understand? Sometimes, Joy, I travel far and people are swearing to you with their lives that if they were in Zaria, they'll be sleeping in church. Do you understand? They just think, man, the quality of what you get. Hey, the quality of worship. Hey, the, hey, the kind of love. Hey! But you have lived so much in it. You can miss four services. And when you come, you'll be trying to catch up. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Does anybody understand what I'm saying? So what kills our desire for services? is because we know the way our church used to do it. Now when we come, we pray. We pray like 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Then they will leave worship 15 minutes. It's around now that pastor will be going up. And so, you have left the details of the blessing of the Lord that comes to you in every service. You have found what you have patterned. And so, by reason of what you have patterned, it's not anything for you to be away. Oh, uh, I wish you got me. I told you, one day I went to Kaduna. And I was in the office with my friends. And I saw the way they were going. Service day. Cut out to six. Service starts at six. Then. Or service used to start at six then. Cut out to six. I was packing up to go. Then they told me that I should go, that they are coming. And I told them, I said, something is wrong with you, Pulo. I will leave Zaria and come to Kaduna just to go for service. I'll be calling you guys and asking, I beg, is Baba around? So that I can know which day I can target. Do you understand? Then go and sit down under the dew of heaven. Then you guys, you are in the office. You are not doing anything. It's not that you are doing something serious. Then you tell me that I should just go. You are coming later. And they came later, really. I mean, by later, I mean like past eight. That day after the service, I told them, I said, could I have said so? So, never get me to the place where I'm used to your word. It's presumptuous to think that you know God. The sign that you actually know him is that you desire to know. The day the desire to know is gone, we know that you are losing the knowledge of him. Are you still here? Travel with me a little further. Just let's stop. We have the next three services to see how, how far we can go. That's how you walk with the spirit. So how do you know you are beginning to know the spirit, Caleb? When you wake up every day dependent on him. When you wake up every day asking, is there something I should do differently today? You see, if you don't let the Holy Ghost enter into your normal routine, you will go to a normal place and die there. 
Because you were simple, you passed on and you just perished. You perished. You perished. You died like a mere man, even though you are God. Do you understand? You just perished. The reason was because you didn't wake up with an expectation and with, a, with an ear that is inclined. If you woke up with an ear that is inclined, even though you had an 8 o'clock lesson lecture every morning, and the Holy Ghost knows that you wake up at 6, that morning, you'll be placing a demand on you to stay longer in fellowship. Don't tell him you know I have class. Stay. It won't happen every day. But the day it happens, you must identify that it's Lord who demands. If you don't know it, Elisha, you would not know that one day, while he was drag, dragging in fellowship, it's because somebody had carried a bomb to your class. You die with fools. There's knowledge sufficient in the Holy Ghost for you to pass every trouble. Let me tell you the truth. In every circumstance, and I take note of this, some of you have your mind set and you will die, you will die like fresh tomato. You just believe if it shows up, one magic will happen, I'll disappear, I'll appear somewhere. Yes, it can, but you must know what the Lord intends to achieve in that situation. So don't go there believing you will disappear when the Lord said don't go. Because your ability to disappear is in obedience. I wish you knew. Do you understand what I'm saying? Johnson, if you know the Holy Spirit, you won't be desiring power, you'll be desiring communion. Because in communion, you generate sufficient power for every circumstance. Does somebody understand what I just said? It's in communion that the Holy Ghost will start to say to you, you know it's possible? You know it's possible for that blind eye to see? You know it's possible? And I told you, when he speaks, he's not telling you to go and do. As he's saying it's possible, and you're saying, yes Lord, I believe. Then you find out that one radical mad faith just rose up inside of you because you said, yes, Lord, I believe. Do you understand? They are saying, Lord, should I go? They are saying, Lord, just tell me, go and see. That way he's looking at you because he's the one who is willing inside of you. He's generating energy. He's watching you vex. Then you say, go now. With every step you are taking towards the blind man, Satan is going to be shooting fiery darts at you. But at that point, your faith is too alive. Take up the shield of faith with which you will quench. That's why your strong head is not strong enough for miracle. It's not. The one you do by strong head, do you notice as you're approaching the person? All your strong head. Has anybody ever been there? Have you been there? You try to do miracle by strong head. Has anybody ever tried it? Just think, God save my name. Are you the blind? As you are going, as you are approaching the blind, some of you manage to reach the blind and tell him, Brother, good evening. Say, swear with you. Well, you don't chop. 
Seven, take this one, manage for dinner. Then you know, okay, well, be convincing yourself. Well, maybe God just wanted me to give you money. Has anybody, has anybody ever had stubborn faith like mine? Have you ever had that kind of stubborn faith like mine? See, let me tell you, why your faith can go is because there is a fiery dart. And the essence of every fiery dart is to puncture it. But if you stay in fellowship, God can start to talk to you two months before about healing the blind. Because he knows in two months time, there's a blind man who will stumble across your way. So your faith will have been fully formed before the day of adversity. But we don't desire fellowship in effort. You know what we desire, Ima? Magic. That's what we like. No, tell me the truth. It's not magic we like. We want to be able to just get up. Why is the power in the control of God? We want to be able to see any blind person anywhere and just tell him be healed and pass. Would you like it? Do you know how Jesus got God to give him power in his hands beyond measure? Because God knew that Jesus will not act except by the leading of the Spirit. Oh, is that? Tell me the truth. If you had that kind of power, I don't know people in your hostel that would have been dead by now. One girl who is always carrying you is your water, the one you said to bath. Then she will turn it and tell you she's in a hurry. She's going to class. Please, when she comes back, she'll fetch you the water. And she does it consistently. You will use that kind of power. I say, let that your mouth twist there. Thunder fire you. Then you don't hear poof, poof, poof. Then the girl will drive. Then they say, what happened? You say, no, I don't know. Because you don't have to go to the security office. You say, we're just sitting down here. Thunder just came down. Then you'll be warning the rest of the people if you tell them what happened, you to turn that with fire. No, no, no. Tell me the truth. Do you understand what I'm saying? But once you get under the overflowing river, you will find out that the spirit bears his fruit there naturally. There are trees by the brink of that river. They bear their fruit naturally. For he shall be like a tree planted What's the stream? What's the river? It's the Holy Ghost. So when you hear believers say, I bear my fruit in season. He's saying, I'm a man who walks with the Spirit. I walk not according to the counsel of the ungodly. Whose counsel do I walk in? The Holy Ghost. I stand not in the way of sinners. So whose ways do I walk in? The ways of God. I sit not in the seat of the scornful. So on whose seat do I sit? I sit at the right hand of Christ in heavenly places. Didn't you see? All of that is stirred by the Spirit. That man, the Bible says, will bear his fruit in season. So when the time comes to bear patience, you bear it naturally. When the time comes to bear love, you bear it naturally. When the time comes to bear kindness, you'll bear it naturally. And it is out of this fruit that the Spirit bears that your light so shines. Because the Spirit will empower you for what you need to do. That's 
that's when you will find out that you will never have a God project and not have a God resource for it. Because you're working in sync with the Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost. And the only way you can know Him is by activating desire for Him. If I told you the last time that it even takes God to desire God. That when you find your desire failing, don't try to manufacture desire. Tell the Lord, I want to desire you. Please, can you send me desire? Because this He who is at work in you to will. Desire is a will. If you understand it, your work with God will change forever. There won't be anything you have a mathematical formula for. You won't say anytime I want to heal the sick. All I need to do is turn the water that they have brought for me to drink and pour it on everybody. It's a formula. And with the Holy Ghost, there are no formulas. How we know you are dependent on the Spirit is that every single time you are waiting for an instruction. If today he says fetch sand, you will fetch it. If tomorrow he says spit, you will spit. Tomorrow he says blow air, you will blow. Tomorrow he says stand upon the chair. That's where the miracle is starting from. You will stand. Is anybody understanding me? It's the flexibility to be carried by the way. And today I introduce you again to the Holy Ghost. He's that river. Today I introduce you again to the river of God. Today I introduce you again to the fact that scripture says, there is a river, the stream whereof shall make glad the city of God. There's a river that flows from Eden. That is the river that waters the garden. The streams of that river makes glad the city of God. Today I open your eyes again to see afresh. I open your ears again to hear afresh. I open your understanding again to understand and walk with God afresh. That there will be nothing you press into that will be denied you because your press will be according to the Spirit. Lift up your voice and pray if you want. Reach out to the Spirit. Just tell Him you want to walk with Him. Paul will say, and the communion of the Holy Ghost. Or and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Or and koinonia with the Spirit. There's that kind of a place. The Bible says you have not received the spirit which is of the world, but you have received the spirit which is of God, that you may know it is given to you to know. There are things you can know. Just walking with the spirit, there are things you can know. Tell him, today I incline my ear. I'll not walk tomorrow with the information I have today. I incline my ear. 
I want to know the things that will glorify Jesus. It's part of his mandate. Jesus said when he comes, he'll take up what is mine and he will reveal to you. He'll glorify Jesus when he comes. You must know what glorifies God and you must follow it.
tells you that our greatest desire is you. You're all we want. You're all we have ever needed. 
We have discovered that there is no need that we have that was not in you. No wonder Jesus said, just like fathers will give bread and fish and egg, so does the Heavenly Father give us the Holy Ghost. Lord, today we ask that you pour upon us afresh as we lift up our hands in your presence. Lord, pour out upon us afresh right now. All over the house, Lord, sweep us with your presence. Sweep us with your power. Let your presence rest upon us now like never before. And open for us a walk with you like we have never had before. Let there be fresh realms in our walk with you. Sweet Holy Spirit. We thank you because you are upon us and we receive you now. 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 Sweet Holy Spirit. Sweet Holy Spirit. Sweet Holy Spirit. Feel us fresh. Feel us all over this house afresh. With your sweet presence. Let none of us go away the way we came. Now receive the opening of the ears. Receive the opening of the eyes. And I command your understanding to be opened. In the places where you didn't hear him before. Now I energize you by the spirit of Christ to hear him. In the places where you couldn't see him before. I energize you by the spirit of Christ to see him. The things he has said to you before now. That you were not able to understand. Let it be said to you by God. Flesh and blood had not revealed unto you. Come into the place of revelation now. And there will be nothing hidden from your sight of all the things that the Lord desires to reveal to you. We bless you, sweet Holy Spirit. Can we just go ahead and thank him? Just bless him. Thank him all over the house. Just thank him. Thank him. Thank him. We thank him.
Holy Spirit will bless you. So we glorify your name. We glorify your name. Your name is Jesus. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Your name is Jesus. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Your name is Jesus. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Your name is Jesus. We glorify your name. The sweet name of Jesus. Your name is powerful. Like fragrance after rain. We glorify your name. Your name is powerful. Your name is wonderful. The sweet name of Jesus. We glorify your name. Your name is sight for the blind. It's like fragrance. After rain, the sweet name of Jesus, we glorify your name. For there's no other name under heaven given to us by which we can be saved, but the name of Jesus. So we glorify your name. Stay with me. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Your name is Jesus. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. We
Thank you, Lord. For such a release of the Spirit. Thank you. For considering us worthy to live with us the Spirit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we celebrate the work that you're doing in our lives. And we know that we're not living the same way we came. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. You want to sing it? Just say it. Sing it.
Yes, we glorify your name. Lord, we glorify your name. 